This is the Key to Authority Podcast, episode number 33. Welcome to the Key to Authority Podcast, where it is all about helping you unlock the secrets of becoming the go-to expert in your industry. And here is your host, Janish Pandya. As a professional speaker or a coach on a journey of becoming an authority, you need to also be a leader and understand how good leadership can impact the people around you. Leadership is a critical part for any organization. Using neuroscience helps to give both substance and better understanding of what works and why. Today's guest, Karen Levy, shed some light on becoming a brain-savvy leader by following a simple formula of attitude plus behavior equals culture. This formula makes it possible for leaders to remember their impact on the way their teams engage and work. Karen is totally fascinated by brain science and has presented at a number of conferences in the US, Australia, and South Africa. She loves sharing her knowledge and helping leaders to become their best and for them to create a positive ripple effect in their own organization. But before we get into what Karen has to share, I'd love to thank today's sponsor, GetResponse. GetResponse is probably the world's most easiest email marketing and autoresponder service. They have a drag and drop editor, along with other cool features, to make life easy for even the non-tech savvy people. And the best part of their service is their 24-7 live chat support. It makes it a breeze to get answers to any questions you might have. So if you don't have an autoresponder service, or if you're thinking of changing from your current one, then GetResponse is definitely worth a shot. Go to keytoauthority.com slash getresponse to start your 30-day free trial. Now, here is Karen Levy. Hey, Karen, welcome to the Key to Authority podcast. Uh, Paula Smith mentioned your name and she sent out an email to you guys in terms of connecting with me. And then you reached out to me talking about leadership and in the terms of what space you're working there and things. So I got really excited about it, checked out your website, and it looked really awesome in terms of the space you work and how you work with individuals and also companies in that. So it got me intriguing and I had a couple of questions for you. So I thought, Let's have you on the podcast and let's do it for the audience as well. So, Karen, welcome to the Key to Authority podcast. Thank you very much, Janesh. So, Karen, in terms of it's intriguing to me as well as I think the audience, but so could you share with the audience what you do in terms of the space of leadership and why do you do it? Okay, that's all good. I'm look at leadership through a neuroscience lens. So in other words, there's a lot of research coming out that's only about 20 years old, so very, very new. And all this brain research has shown us how we can be better leaders. And I got involved, I suppose like anybody, you find, you get snippets of information and you really find that fascinating. And I was intrigued by it so much so that I decided to do a qualification in neuroscience of leadership. And as you can imagine, it's a very, very new um, qualification. There's only one in, in the country currently in Australia. And I've been looking to try and extend that to do a master's. But it's there's no master's program currently available globally as far as I can find out. So they are supposed to be working on one in Australia. So I'm looking forward to doing some more key learning in this area. So basically for me, I was just excited about the brain and We've been walking around with it for all our lives and we don't really realize how much it can do. So that that's one of the biggest reasons why I got more into it and to try. And I really wanted to share it with everybody to, to be as fascinated as I am and how they can be better leaders just by understanding their brains and how they work better. 
So, Karen, that's a really interesting story in terms of what you did and what are you doing in terms of your field regards the neuroscience and the brain. And obviously, your business is called Leadership Keys. In regards to like brain, I lo- like I love understanding how people work and how people do things and why they do things. It excites me as well as it's just simply that engineering side of me going into. So, why does this person do that? And uh, we here we are. We're talking about brains. We're talking about leadership. The question to my mind comes it because we were talking earlier about how all this neuroscience thing and the brain works together and becoming a better leader. So what is the key to becoming a brain savvy leader? And what do you mean by that exactly? Okay, so I'm going to be looking at this through a neuroscience lens because that's that's my focus. I, I like to think of it as the ABC, so A, attitude, B, behavior, C, culture, and I'll just kind of run through each part as I see it in terms of brain science. The the first part when you're looking at attitude is understanding a little bit more about your brain. And the, the biggest thing about our brains, the, the number one thing, and the reason you and I can sit here and have a chat is because we've survived or our ancestors made it possible through survival. And the brain is all about survival, how it can survive, how it can live. And because of that, it's always on the lookout for threats. And if you can think about that, if you go back to the prehistoric days of walking through the, the as I suppose, the jungle, and there's a little noise and there's a lion or a tiger, or depending which continent you're on, by the way, you're looking to survive. And that basic primitive part of your brain is still very much in action right now. So you, you need to understand that in our sophisticated 21st century living, we are still being run by this very primitive part of our brain. For us, obviously, it's not wild animals or anything that's a loud noise. But if you're driving to work on the freeway, its I don't know about you, Janesh, but for me, it's not terribly relaxing because people will cut you up and move in front of you. <laughs> and that you, see, yeah, you, you see that as a threat, right? I enjoy doing it, but it's different. <laughs> <laughs> Because you do. So the person driving is, is seeing that as a threat and, and they have to be on the lookout because that's part of your survival. In the, in the office, it's, it's slightly different because it's not always physical. Sometimes it's a mental thing. And one of the things is, if you think about it, if, if one of your bosses would walk up to you and says, Janesh, I want to see you at three o'clock this afternoon and walks away. What is the first thing you're thinking? You start thinking, it's like, oh, my God, what did I do wrong? Exactly, 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 exactly. So that's the whole point here is you see it as a threat. No one sits there thinking, yay, I think I've got a promotion or maybe he wants to give me a raise. So your attitude to the threats and reward, this whole business, you need to realize how yourself and your staff see a threat. And I think if you're you're working with others, what you see as a threat is not necessarily what they think would upset them. And that's where you have to start learning about how your attitude towards them is very key to how they will react towards you. So effectively, your words and actions will impact on your workers and they will either see that as threatening or you're creating a safe environment. And people don't realize how powerful their their words are. And just as a, a heads up, by the way, if somebody says something to you, so you have social pain, so they call you a name and you don't like what you're being called or they dis- are dismissive of you, you know, so you feel a bit hurt. In terms of your brain, 
your brain actually sees as it works in the same part of your brain as physical pain. And that's why sometimes if someone really upsets you, you can feel the hurt almost physically because it's in, it's, it's in a very similar part of your brain to if I punched you in the arm or tripped you up or something. So this whole thing about pain is, is right up there and how we try to move away from it all, all the time. So I think that basic survival mechanism of in, in the office. And if you think about how you you move in your office and who's part of your group and who's not part of your group and if anybody threatens your status how you react to that and how your boss works with you all of that is because your brain is trying to make it get you through the day and make it possible for you to achieve what you want to achieve the next thing i suppose i can look at is your the behavior one of the things that's really quite fascinating is that your brain is energy hungry. Everything you take in, 20% of what you eat or drink goes into just keeping your brain going. And if you think about your brain, it's a very little part of you. So in terms of weight, it's probably, I don't know, um, 2% or 1% of your weight. And yet it takes up 20% of your energy. Now, that impacts your behavior. What happens to you when you're tired? Do you become cranky? Pretty much. Like I've had that just over these couple of days where I've been stressed out and because of the podcasting workshop I've been running, also the episodes and things like that. So I did get a little bit cranky and get a bit of upset over small little things. And I'm like, really? Like reflecting back, that's I'm like, no, that shouldn't have happened. And I guess that's the behavior that comes out. When you're cranky, I guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's, and your brain it needs to be nurtured. And what the brain really loves, it, it loves good food, by the way. So nutrition is really, really important. Water is critical. So it's, it's not just about the body, but it's also for your brain and sleep. So if you didn't sleep well, that also is not going to do you any good. And, and one of the, the, other issues is that if you are stressed out, like you said, there's a, a brain chemical neurotransmitter called cortisol. And cortisol in the old days was good for you because it would put you on high alert with adrenaline. But we're not built to have high levels of cortisol in us all the time. And if we don't do something to lower the level of cortisol, you actually can become physically unwell. And so this brain of yours, it needs to be well looked after. It needs to be nurtured. It needs to uh, make sure you take time out. One of the things is I don't know when you think you work better, if it's first thing in the morning, late at night, in the afternoon, but your brain, you need to be listening to your brain so you can behave. So you need to think, well, if my brain is tired, what should I be doing? And the best thing is to stop whatever you're doing if you think your brain is tired. Like in terms of when you, when you asked that question, it instantly kicked in. I'm like, I normally do is my, I'm a night person. So at this moment, my brain would be running mile, million miles an hour kind of thing. And if you put me in the morning, I'm like, uh, I'm yawning and I'm like, that's it. I'm shut down kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, I mean, the things that you may have to do is do a bit of exercise in the morning before you go to work. That might help wake your brain up a little bit as well because exercise is another good thing for your, your brain and keeping it going. Just as a, as a matter of interest, if you are on a real flat and you need to be perky, glucose, which is your sweeties, that gives you a little bit of a energy boost. The thing is, um, it takes about 15 minutes from taking it in to getting your buzz. 
obviously not a good thing because as soon as that goes, you feel even flatter than before. <laughs> but there's that advert on telly. I don't know if you've seen it, the one with the Snickers ad. Yep, yep. Yeah, and that's exactly what they're working on. You know, you're, 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 you're not behaving like you normally behave. Here, I have a Snickers, and then it usually takes 15 minutes into the bloodstream, into your, your brain, and now you hit and you're rocking. Oh. So, <laughs> yes, so you just remember, I mean, there are better ways of doing that, but if, if you know, some of us sometimes get 3 o'clock in the afternoon and we just want our little chocolate fix, that's our brain saying, yeah, need a bit of help. Okay. Like, yeah, that's, uh, I'd never put that to get one and one together, but now when you mention that, now I'm like, that's really subliminal messaging kind of thing that they're doing. I kind of like it, but I kind of don't know. <laughs> well, do you know that there's something called neuromarketing? So they are taking brain research into account when they do marketing. Yeah, I've heard of it. Um, I want to start looking into it on the track, but I guess we we'll, might go into a little bit of off topic now. Maybe this might be a topic for another interview. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But it is quite interesting. And um, then the other thing is uh, what's very important as a brain savvy leader is the culture you create and how team connect with each other. One of the fascinating things I've discovered is that we are born to connect. So creating a tribe is one of our hardwired drivers. We have to connect with other people. And I think if you look at how you are with your experiences, most experiences are even better when you're connecting with other people. So if you think about on something that you've really, really enjoyed, generally speaking, you have included, other people have been part of that experience. If you go to, um, if you went to um, Adventure World or, you know, one of those parks, the, the rides are great fun. But if you were with somebody, it increases the, the fun part of the, you know, being there. So what you find is that we have in our brains a thing called the default network. So it's the network that we lights up when we think about people, when we connect with people. And in research has shown that when we're doing, say, any problem, as soon as we've been given a break, our brain immediately goes to this default network and starts about people connecting and all the rest. And that's why other people are so, so important in how we work. And if you think about your place of work and where you are, the, the way your boss is, it depends on how everybody else connects. And if, if you have a boss you don't enjoy, the first reason people will leave a job generally is because they don't like the way they managed or they can't connect well to the, the their colleagues in the workplace. Their number one reason for leaving is not about more money or career pathways, but it is often about how they connect with their boss and the people they work with. And that just shows you how important that whole scheme of, of meeting up what the, the leader needs to do is to make sure that there's time for their team to connect in ways that aren't always formal, aren't always business-like. I always like the, the idea of if you have a meeting is to sometimes make it more informal, to have coffee or tea, bringing cake when there's your glucose hit, oopsie, better watch that. Um, but it helps if people find a reason to connect. And, and if you think about it, you're, you're more likely to talk to me now because of Paula Smith, because you know there's a connection there. And that's the way we, we work. So we, we kind of go to people that are, this, are like us. 
And that is why it's really important to, when you meet somebody new is to connect on a way that you find something that's similar. So in other words, you might say, oh, do you have children? Do you have, where have you been on holiday? We're all looking for those similarities to connect us and to find a reason to connect with that person. So a savvy leader is allowing his workforce to find reasons other than just work to connect. And, and, and having said that, and I'm saying it's a very strong driver in, in everybody, those are obviously relative terms because there are some people who you meet and will tell you their whole life story and you're thinking this is just too much information and their need to connect is a lot stronger than, say, other people. So the drive to connect is important, but the, the level of connectedness is different in everybody. And there was this lady um, I know who said she didn't realize how important it is to say to somebody, hello, how are you? She just says, right, you know, let's get the job done. <laughs> and if you are like, let's just get the job done, you'll find that people aren't that motivated to do the work. So finding out, and, and it depends on how far. So you need to recognize how much you need to know about a person. And obviously there's some things that is too much information or is far too personal for what's going on. But you'll find that a lot of best friends come out of workplaces. And that's the reason because they share and they connect and then they work well together. I agree. And I think oh, covering all this in terms of attitude, the behavior, the culture, it brings all that time together, what everyone kind of experiences, but not. They don't understand from that brain point of view. And I'm just looking at the time at the moment. I'm like, wow, we've just been almost ending time sort of things. That's really been great, like in terms of that defining that ABC of becoming that brain savvy leader. So I really appreciate that. So Karen, what is an action that our listener can take in becoming that brain savvy leader? Okay, well, I think the first thing is to be aware of the threats in the workplace and, and their actions and their words can have on on their staff so they need to be thinking about that and, and be careful so be uh, as positive as possible they reckon the ratio should be about five to one so you should be saying nice things to somebody five times for every negative thing you're saying because people because of the way our brains are wired we'll take the negative ones and blow them up much more out of proportion the second thing is to nurture your brain which means what i think you have to do is make sure you get good sleep good nutrition and good exercise and take breaks. Walk away from your desk at lunchtime. And even better is to take a walk outside. That is is one of the best things. So don't eat at your desk doing more work. Take a get out of there. And 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 the last thing is make sure you take time during the day to speak to your staff about not a lot. So you could just meet up with them over a cup of coffee, take them down, have a little chat, just walk past their desks and find out how they're doing and not necessarily have you finished that job yet. So I think that's how it is just to make sure that you're working well with your team. Okay. And those are really great quick tips that people can do and that put them in their routine. So Karen, how do our audience get in touch with you? Where do you hang out on the social media side of things? And what's your website? Okay. To, to find me, probably the best place is through Leadership Keys, which is my website. I have an email address, which is just karen at leadershipkeys.com.au. I, I'm also on LinkedIn and I'm more than happy to link, link in with anybody through that. Cool. I'll put those uh, links down and your email address and the LinkedIn as well as the website on the show notes. Karen, really appreciate it. And thanks for reaching out after Paula messaged you. And I really enjoyed this chat. So thanks a lot again. 
Thanks for having me, Dinesh. I've enjoyed it. Though Karen talks about becoming a brain-savvy leader from a corporate perspective, those principles are still relevant to solopreneurs like us in helping grow our authority and leadership skills. There are a couple of actions for you today. The first one is to incorporate being positive in your routine. And the second is to nurture your brain by having appropriate nutrition, enough sleep and exercise. And this will help you on your way to becoming a brain savvy leader. To get all the details and links talked about in today's show, go to keytoauthority.com slash EP033 for the show notes. Till next time, keep growing as a leader and an authority. Thank you so much for listening to the Key to Authority podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and share at www.keytoauthority.com. We'll see you next time.